There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. From the king of sports books comes the king of sports podcasts. Unleashed. Presented by BetMGM. Here's your hosts, Giannis Pappas and Olivia Harlan-Decker. Welcome to Unleashed from BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks. Man, another huge weekend of sports, and it was a big week of first. Urban Meyer. No, I'm just kidding. There's no joke. Urban Meyer and the Jacksonville Jaguars <laughs> got their first win. The Cincinnati Bearcats. Yes. The Cincinnati Bearcats are ranked number two in the country for the first time in school history. You know who they're behind. They're behind my dogs. Number one, who beat Kentucky and now are the only undefeated team in the SEC. It was the first episode of the new season of Succession. Giannis, do you watch Succession? (laughs) I don't watch Succession. And if you tell people that you don't, they just get very angry. Have you noticed that when people, they're enthusiastic about a show and, and they, have you seen it? And you're like, no. And they're like, what is wrong with you? Oh my God. You haven't seen it. It's like, yeah, I, you know, I have 13,000 hours of other shows to catch up on. Yeah. <laughs> it's hard to live a life now. There's so many, I, I'm trying to find time to live. Yeah. Peer pressure to watch shows is a real thing, but you were so busy this weekend. Anyway, your baby girl, Gigi, she had her first birthday. How was it? You were texting our group text and I, I'm glad to know at this first birthday, they were serving plenty of adult beverages. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, I lit up the group text. Hopefully you guys destroyed it. It was supposed to be destroyed on arrival because, you know, I don't want to get into an Urban Meyer situation. I was a little toasted. I can't be responsible for what I texted, but it was fun. I needed to make sure I got very drunk, Olivia, just so when the check came for the event, I, I was I didn't remember it. I wanted to be fully blacked out for when I signed the check. Well, I think you got there. In fact, that's what I should do for our end punishment picks is just have you read out your texts. <laughs> they were pretty rich. And yeah, that party was extravagant. It must be good to be Gigi Pappas. Let me tell you, when I come back in another life, I want to be Gigi Pappas. Yeah, it was a combo baptism. I'm sorry, christening. I was a, a combo christening and first birthday. So we did them both at the same time. So, you know. I imagine it would have been worse if I did a separate birthday party and christening. So anyway, I'm going to be betting big on somebody and trying to win this money back. Peter Andrew, I can't wait to talk to you. You got to give me a good tip. Oh, man, he better. He'll be at the end of the show, as always, our betting expert, Peter Andrew. He is so good. And we have a full slate of NFL and NBA games as the season begins this week. So excited. You know, Giannis, I've got a new team this year, new colors. My husband's with the Toronto Raptors. I am flying up there and can't wait. Season opens Wednesday night for the Raptors at home. I can't wait. Are you going to wear Raptors gear? Hold on. I'm just about to sing the Canadian national anthem. (laughs) Oh, Canada. Oh, country. I forget is up there. Thank you for Jim Carrey. 
And that Sam Decker's on the Raptors. I can't watch to wait and pay for loonies and toonies to watch him. Isn't that how it goes? Yeah, but sub Justin Bieber for Jim Carrey. Let's make this current. That's true. <laughs> Shout out to Justin Trudeau. I'm a Canadian now. Congratulations, Sam Decker. He's a Toronto Raptor. Yay, yay. Yeah. So excited. So excited for the NBA to begin, too. That's talk about a sport that's on every night. <laughs> you know, you never, you never have to look around too hard for an NBA game, right? Yeah, you can find a game. The only thing you can't find this season is Kyrie Irving. He's tough to spot. He will be tough to spot. He will be tough Speaking to spot. Speaking of uh, vaccine and athletes, did you see that Cam Newton has now gotten vaccinated and is looking for a job? I didn't see that, but yep. yeah, I mean, who's going to pick? Somebody's got to pick him up. Yeah. He's too valuable to have on the wire. Let's go. I, You know, I could think of one team that could use him. Who? It's a New York team. I mean, <laughs> look. We could take just play wide receipt. We need another player at yeah. this point. We had we had more injuries this weekend. It's getting very, very. I, I'm not even sure if the Giants showed up to the Jets game, whoever they're playing next, and the Jets showed up to the Giants game, whoever they're playing next. I don't even think the other team would notice that the other. It's not that team. That's how bad both teams are right now. Oh, that's pretty good. That's yeah. pretty good. Yeah, I, th- I think Cam Newton will find a home. Players get hurt all the time, and I think he'll find a good role as a backup. But yeah, former MVP. It's just interesting, the COVID vaccine decisions made around sports, also in the media. Like I, I have a friend, longtime ESPN reporter, and she has chosen not to get vaccinated, and ESPN has let her go. So it's just, it's such a byline to so many headlines this season, right? I mean, it's... Yes. It's very interesting. Last season was all what games are canceled. Now it's what players are choosing not to get vaccinated. So as we get closer to the midway point of the NFL season, boy, a lot of teams made statements this past weekend, perhaps none bigger than the Baltimore Ravens. You picked this one, Giannis. Last week, you picked this. They rolled the Chargers 34 to 6. And then the Cardinals, they are still unbeaten. They beat the Browns. That was a great game without their head coach. They left their head coach in Arizona with COVID. (laughs) They still got it done. That was a great one. We're going to talk to former NFL general manager and three-time Super Bowl winning executive Michael Lombardi about all the big NFL headlines. I can't wait to pick his brain. I've never met him. Have you? No, no. uh, I can't wait to... uh, He's got such great takes. He's such an entertaining guy. And I mean, you'd be hard-pressed to find somebody with as much extensive... NFL experience. The guy's been around the game for so long. Just to go back to your point about the Ravens, you know what? I really listened. I listened. I listened. <laughs> I listened to your Unleashed. I think it was a couple of weeks ago, and you sold me. Your Unleashed about Lamar Jackson was so passionate. I, they've become my favorite team now. I mean, I have to say, I, I have to have. I have a void to fill because it's almost like the Giants aren't playing football. So, I mean, I'm glad I picked them. And now they're also in my heart. I mean, they are playing incredible football. And Lamar Jackson is looks like he worked on his game. I mean, he's passing. He's sitting in the pocket. He's running when he has to. Their defense looks great. They're going to win it all. I know every week I say somebody different is going to win it all. But I'll tell you what, the (laughs) the Ravens are going to win it all. (laughs) Okay, I'm going to tell our social media team to clip that right there and we're going to hold you to it. I agree. They are really fun to watch. But boy, did they make a statement this weekend beating the Chargers. Everyone was so high on the Chargers, myself included. So that caused a little separation in the AFC and the AFC is so strong this year. So that that was really fun. You know who didn't have as good of a weekend as the Ravens and Lamar Jackson? 
You? Because you got sick? <laughs> yeah. Can you hear how congested I am? Good Lord. You do. No, yeah. you? Because you're now broke after this christening? Yes. Trifecta? We both we both lost. Yeah. We yeah. both lost our health. You lo- I Actually, lost my mental health. <laughs> well, also who lost is at Thick the Kid. And that's thick with two C's, which is my favorite kind of thick. Thick the Kid. He had a tough time with some parlays this week. So bad that he won Bad Beat of the Week. Bad Beat of the Week. He bet on six games. Five of those hit. Gotta hate it when just one loses. He lost money on the Chargers. Speaking of that game, a lot of people did. And the Browns. So tough luck. Mr. Thick, but BetMGM <laughs> is going to reward you with a $100 credit so you can try your luck again ASAP. Okay, it's now our favorite segment of the show. It's time for us to go off on one topic we feel really passionate about this week. Giannis, let's unleash. It's time to unleash. We just talked about big statement wins in the NFL this week. And Giannis, I know you wanted to unleash on someone who made a huge statement this week. And I love this one. Take it away, my friend. Yes. OHD. I got to tell you, you know what? It's just fun to watch. I have love for sports journalists because you're my co-host and I love you to death. But it's just fun to see when players show up storylines, especially when it's the GOAT, Aaron Rodgers. Week one, every journalist, everybody was saying, oh my God, he doesn't want to be there. Does he want to play? He looks half-hearted. Blah, 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 blah. Say it again? Guilty. Yes, guilty as charged. Uh I'm looking right at you, girl. Yep, I thought so. But, you know, he went into Chicago. He went into Chicago and he had a little message, as you know, it's been all over every sports network, all over the Internet. He had a little message for the fans of Chicago. He wants them to know that he still owns them. He didn't say it once. He didn't say it twice. Dare He didn't say it twice. He said it about a hundred times. He was jacked up. He was excited. Does that look like the disposition of a player who's phoning it in? Does the Packers record right now look like a record of uh, the former MVP phoning it in? He is absolutely killing it. And I just want to remind a few people of what they said. Frank Iowa said, Aaron Rodgers played like a guy. This was after week one. Aaron Rodgers mm-hmm. played like a guy that wasn't engaged. How about that jump pass he threw for an interception? That's something a rookie does. What? How dare you disrespect the GOAT? Kevin Blackstone, it almost looked like it was planned to rub his thumb in the eyes of the fans. Huh? Emily Kaplan. Conspiracy theory. Yes. What? Yeah, I mean, people started, they started resorting to conspiracy theories after one game. After one game. How about? It was a bad game. And it was a bad offseason, to be fair. It was a bad offseason. I know he did have that disposition. I know there was the talk that he wants out. I know he was upset about the players around him. But he's still Aaron Rodgers. You don't become the MVP by phoning it in or not being competitive and playing with what you got. This is a good one. Tony Kornheiser. I love this one. I have wondered all through training camp. See, he's thinking he's the genius here. And I'm wondering now if his heart with this is with this team in Green Bay or if he's just counting the days until he can leave. I don't I don't know if he does. I, I know he doesn't like the coach. I know he doesn't like the general manager. And what's worse, I wonder if this bleeds over to the rest of the team and they wonder about Aaron Rodgers. Well, 
I tell you what, after that touchdown celebration with his teammates, it doesn't look like they're wondering about anything except if they're going to win a Super Bowl. Because my man, Aaron Rodgers, is jacked up and he's throwing ropes. He's throwing dimes. I'm a Green Bay Packers fan now. They're going to win it all, Olivia. Did I say they're going to win it all? <laughs> yeah, yes. You have now been on the record saying they too will win it all. So I wanted to tell you what win it all means. <laughs> but I know that's a fun rivalry. What is he now? 21 and 5 or 22 and 5 against the Bears. And he's having fun out there. And uh, he's got the quote of the season that you made now your profile sentence. How how can you not be romantic about uh, football, which is now, I think, in your Instagram bio? It is in my Instagram bio. I feel like that just kind of sums me up. <laughs> <laughs> so it was just fun to see him show up reporters. So please, reporters, take it easy with the histrionics. Report the numbers. Easy on the dramatic storyline. Save that for the Real Housewives or for something a little bit more legitimate like the Mahomes family. <laughs> Well, you've led me right into mine, kind of, because, you know, I wanted to unleash on Jackson Mahomes doing a TikTok dance in the roped off area, honoring the late Sean Taylor at the Chiefs game in Washington this past weekend. And what an embarrassment overall he has been. He poured water on a Ravens fan earlier this season. But I just didn't think I could harp on that family two weeks in a row. That seemed not right. Although it is making national headlines. And although that is a huge distraction right now. Patrick Mahomes is so clean cut. He's got no issues. He's got issues on the field right now, but everyone can forgive him for that. He's a long time investment. His family, man. And I know so many rumors here in Kansas City that are horrible about his family. And I'm just the disrespect, the entitlement. I'm, I've just had it. And this isn't even what I'm unleashing on. This is just right. my segue. Right. You just, but I just think someone chest. needs to take away Jackson Mahomes sideline access and change his TikTok password. Maybe they can change it to something he'll never guess like humility or class <laughs> or respect. I got jokes too, Giannis. I got jokes. Yeah, okay. Those good. This is what I really want to unleash on. Ole Miss traveled to Knoxville, Tennessee this weekend to play the Vols. That means that Rebels head coach Lane Kiffin returned to his old stomping grounds. And, you know, long story short, Vols fans are still mad at him because he jilted them with a very unceremonious one minute press conference going to USC. That was 12 years ago. Well, he got booed, obviously, walking out pregame. That was to be expected. But later in the game, Tennessee fans were mad at a controversial spot on a fourth down play and all hell broke loose. They started throwing objects onto the field, which, again, we've seen before in sports. But listen to what they threw. Water bottles, screws, a half-eaten apple. Who brings an apple to a football game? Vape pipes and even a half-empty mustard bottle. <laughs> Which that just makes me mad. Some poor concession stand worker was organizing their uh, hot dog and their relish and their ketchup and everything. I'm like, oh, where'd the mustard go? Come on. <laughs> well, Lane remained calm, even kept a golf ball that was thrown at him as a memento. He could probably sell that on eBay for a lot of money right now. And on his way into the tunnel, he takes off his visor and he throws it into the stands, which is hilarious. Lane, Lane Kiffin himself is hilarious. He has a way of riling people up anyways, but this Tennessee fan base has gotten a bad rap for years. And boy, did this get people angry on Twitter. I saw so many national sports writers who are so well-respected tweeting about how bad the fan base looked this night. 
And I saw some local radio hosts in Knoxville say, you are never welcome on our show again. I mean, this is now going past the fans into the media who you love. And man, it was it was some good entertainment. But this fan base, when they almost hired Greg Schiano a couple years ago, they protested like crazy. When Lane left, they lit mattresses on fire in the middle of the street. I mean, points for creativity, though, between lit mattresses and mustard bottles on a football field. I mean, this fan base is creative. They are angry. <laughs> they, uh, and you know, I'm a Georgia fan. So this has nothing to do with that. This isn't an SEC rivalry thing. I just, I mean, I think Jackson Mahomes and these Tennessee football fans could have themselves a time because neither one knows how to behave. That's Cut all. from the same cloth. Yeah. <laughs> Water bottles, vape pipe screws, half eaten apple and a half eaten mustard bottle and a mattress set on fire. Sounds like what you'd find after you went camping and a bear ate all your stuff and you woke up in the morning and that was what was left. A half eaten <laughs> apple and half of a mustard bottle. <laughs> oh my God. I love unleashing with you. It's so fun. We have all these crazy things that happen throughout the week and weekend and it's just fun to pick our favorites. So I love that segment. Okay. It's time to bring in our guest. He is the author of Gridiron Genius. He's a longtime NFL coach, exec, and analyst, one of the brightest football minds in the business, and that is according to Bill Belichick himself. He's a three-time Super Bowl winner. For him, Born to Run isn't just a Springsteen anthem. It's an offensive strategy. Michael Lombardi is here. Okay, we're going to talk about the NFL season in just a bit, but you've gotten to work with some of the most iconic names in NFL history. Al Davis, Bill Walsh, Bill Belichick. You got to learn from them and teach them too, I imagine, in ways. And put in a fantastic book, by the way. But we need to talk about Al Davis's legendary eating schedule because this was (laughs) fascinating. I know 11 French fries are involved, a bunch of Diet Pepsi. Walk us through his eating schedule. Oh gosh, yeah, that that that's always uh, an interesting one. So you know, Mr. Davis was never an early riser. So he was uh, at ten thirty. You know, he probably would have some kind of fruit and uh, diet Pepsi, and Ugh. then around the one o'clock, it would either be a tuna fish sandwich with extra mayonnaise, maybe McDonald's French fries, could have a cheeseburger from McDonald's. Always could go with Kentucky Fried Chicken with coleslaw on the side, extra mayonnaise. And then at 3 o'clock, always, 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 three between 3 and 3.30, he would have German chocolate cake from any bakery anywhere. It could even be stale, actually, <laughs> and a Diet Pepsi. And then he would go work out at 5.36. And then at dinner time at 8.30, it would be some kind of prime rib, English cut, 11 French fries, shrimp cocktail, Caesar salad, a lot of mayonnaise going in that body. So it was a unique diet. There's no doubt, but it was consistent. It was always consistent. It didn't get changed too often, but, uh, you know, he liked fast food for some reason. And he had his favorite, he had his favorite restaurants when he lived in Los Angeles. He loved Mateo's, which was over off of Wilshire Boulevard, kind of in the, you know, by UCLA area. So, but yeah, he would, uh, any like Chinese food. I mean, it was, it all depends, but always, always with a Diet Pepsi. But why the right. 11 French fries? That's a great question. I don't think any of us know the answer to that. We really wow. don't. But I've been at a table with them where the waitress was trying to be really nice and brought way more French fries and they all got sent back. So <laughs> I can't explain that. Sounds a lot like Bill, Bill Clinton's diet. 
Clinton, isn't he a vegan now? He is now, but I mean, it, what got him there? I mean, that's yeah. that's the diet that sounds like it got him there. I know. I remember reading the book Primary Colors, and he was a donut guy and a barbecue guy. You know, I was a fast food guy. Loved mayonnaise for some reason. Just loved it, and you know, loved diet Pepsi. Never coffee. And now, would he go to the combo? I loved hot dogs, just mustard down the middle. You know, he would have the. You know, he would have certain diets there, and then he would eat at Shula Steakhouse at the combine every single night. Mm. Michael, let me give you a little tip because I love mayonnaise too. And often I would go to a place and they wouldn't put as much mayonnaise as I wanted on there. So I figured out the perfect way to let them know I meant business. You have to tell them, offend me with the mayonnaise. (laughs) Did you ever dip your shrimp cocktail in mayonnaise? (laughs) Did you? I have. I've dipped it. I've dipped everything in mayonnaise. I love mayonnaise. I put mayonnaise on everything. Wow. Uh, you know, when he had Caesar, it was always with extra mayonnaise. Tuna fish was always with extra mayonnaise. I never heard don't offend. That's a great line. I might have to try that one. I'm yeah, not a man- I mean, I eat mayonnaise, but I'm not in love with it like he was. Gotcha. <laughs> I, I think any little bit of mayonnaise is a bit offensive. So that's that's kind of gross. You can see that, Olivia. It's interesting. That's the first question you ask me. I usually don't get asked out Davis's diet too much. I was so curious. I had to ask. I saw that on Twitter and I was just so uh, stupefied. I had to ask you. But from that list of names that I listed of just legendary people around the NFL, is there one characteristic or attribute that you do feel like they all had? Yeah, I think they all have an incredible, incredible passion to focus on the task at hand. You know, we are living a multidimensional world today where we're supposed to do three or five things at the same time. And we've got all this. And I think that they all did one thing really, really well. They did a lot of things, but when they focused on the one thing that they were working on, it was always really well done. They didn't, they didn't give half attention to anything. Hmm. Michael, I don't know if you watched the Pittsburgh game this last weekend. Did. did you see that TJ Watt play where he seemingly punched and did like an uppercut and the refs completely ignored I thought they should have thrown him out of the game. I, well, I really did. Yeah. I thought he should have gotten injected from the game for punching. Yeah, I mean, what happened there? I mean, was that because of his star power that they ignored it? What what was he trying to do? Was that was he trying to hit him or was he trying to get the ball up? I guess he hadn't heard the fumble. He hadn't heard the whistle, so he's trying to create a fumble. But that looked to me like that was, I mean, if if we're going to call taunting, if we're going to call somebody standing over with their hands, you know, kind of or, you know, making gestures, how that was not how that was tolerated to me was beyond my own comprehension. And then I thought the play, you know, where Metcalf runs and then they reviewed it. I mean, why did they have to review it? They basically gave Seattle the chance to make a field goal. Like they didn't have to review that. That was clearly a catch fumble recovery. Mm -hmm. Like we're constantly reviewing things that don't need to be reviewed. You've mentioned taunting. You've mentioned how much we're reviewing plays now, reviewing refs calls. What is a rule that you would change as early as next season? Oh, I would definitely change holding away from the play. I think that those are really bad calls. When the guy had no chance to even make the play, you call holding. Yep. I think pass interference, I would uniform it. I would try to uniform it more comprehensively than what they do, because no matter what stadium you're in, it's a different call, you know, and I think it affects the game too much. I certainly would try to do that. I think those are the two things that I would definitely do. But the holding calls, you know, are never good. They're hard to overcome. I mean, the holding call the other day with James Ferens on the touchdown pass to Jacoby Myers, you know, I'm not sure that's holding as much as the as he's 
got the guy and the guy can't make the play. So I think there's a lot of holding calls that are out of the play that really have no relevance. The NFL rumor mill has been pretty busy this year, and you were even the one to break uh, the story that the Jaguars were having closed door meetings the morning after the Urban Meyer video was released. What's the most interesting NFL rumor you've heard this season? I think that one so far. I I mean, you know, I I think there's a lot of scuttle, but there's more to that than meets the eye. I'm not sure that one's over. Mm. You know, I'm not sure that one's over. I think if you saw Urban's talk to the team after he won in London, I, I think from somebody who really studies leadership as much as I do and writes the daily coach with my other partners in that, that wasn't a message that I thought was resonating with the team that, that, that talk that he gave after the game. So I don't think we've heard the last of that. I, I don't think we have, I think there's more to come on that. I would say that's probably the most interesting because even though he won this week, I'm not sure that's the right fit for him, nor is it the right fit for Jacksonville. I have a buddy who plays for the Jaguars and I asked him, I said, is the team as mad as I'm kind of seeing in the media? And he said, no. And, you know, at the end of the day, no one got hurt with Urban's uh, mishap, let's say. It's kind of more fodder and doesn't bring much respect on his name, if anything. But it's it's sort of an interesting conversation, especially with right after the Gruden emails come out, which does hurt and offend people. And it just puts an interesting light on that. What is your take on the coach off the field drama that we're seeing so early this season? Well, I mean, look, you you know, I've never seen a coach not fly back with its team. Yeah. I think that's, you know, I mean, look, Patton commanded the third army in Europe and the day he was set to leave Europe to come back to America, he got in a car accident and died. And Patton wanted to be buried in, in with his, with the third army over there in Belgium. I mean, he's buried there. For all intents and purposes, one of the greatest generals in America it should be buried at Arlington National Cemetery, except he wanted to be buried with his men. You know, there's a bond that goes when you lead people, when you lead men. And, and I think that Urban decided to stay back because it was convenient. Mm-hmm. You're making $10 million a year. You know, that's why we have net jets. That's why we have, you know, wheels up. I mean, just get a plane and go, bro. Yeah. You know, it's not going to cost you that much money, you know. You can do it. You can you can you can you can afford it. And to, to do that and to leave his team, I think you're probably right. You know that, it, you know, team people look at him, but I think he lost a lot of opportunity to win over his players. Yeah. Well, 10 million gives him a lot of single dollars for lap dances with that girl. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, that's not a good look either. No. And I think to me, when we you know, when, when we talk about. You know, you asked the question, what separates Walsh and Belichick? What brings them all together? And Davis is their, their commitment to, to the team, their commitment to caring more than anybody else. And when you're doing that, you, you don't really have that same, you don't exude that same commitment. You obviously know Belichick, but what other coaches in the league do you think really exemplify that? You know, I, I really like I like what Brendan Staley talked about with leadership after this happened about trust. I thought he was really good. I think he's way mature beyond his years. I thought he was outstanding. I love Matt Rule with Carolina. Full disclosure, my son works for him, so I know him. But I really like him. I think Matt gets it. I think Matt's really understands how to build a culture. You know, I'm always fascinated with people that know that culture comes first. Mm-hmm. That culture doesn't get tacked on as an afterthought after we win a couple games. You know, I'm always about, you know, how are we going to build a program? I'm not talking about how we're going to win. I want to know how we're going to build a program. 
And I think Matt really gets that. You know, I think Sean Payton, I think Sean Payton haven't been with, to me, the difference always between Sean Payton and, and John Gruden was Bill Parcells. You know, Payton was able to work with Bill Parcells in Dallas. And John never really was around the guy. You can say Mike Holmgren, he was with Ron Wolf, but he was never really around a true guy, a coach who understood how to build a team and still run the game. And Parcells did that. And I think Parcells really has influenced Sean to the point where they still have conversations to this day. So, you know, I like that. I like that part of the program. I think I like head coaches to be head coaches, you know, like, you know, John Harbaugh's a head coach. He's coaching the team. You know, that's not to say he doesn't let the assistants do their job, but he should impact the team completely. Well, we've seen that now take form in the draft is people looking for character. And you're actually credited with starting that kind of conversation. We saw in the movie Draft Day that they even look at who on the team went to a kid's birthday party to see if he was well liked by teammates. Do you have an example like that? And it can be an anonymous player of something you found out that truly in the scouting room that that was a game changer. Well, you know, I can tell you, we went to work out a quarterback, a high quarterback who's still playing in the league. And we went to go work him out. And I called him and said, hey, look, we're going to come work you out. I'm not bringing any footballs. I'm not going to bring any receivers. You organize it. You demonstrate to me that you're a leader. You know, and we showed up to the workout. He was in the car with his father and, you know, he had no football and nobody to work out with him. That tells you a lot. That tells you a lot. You know, obviously we didn't draft him, but that tells you a lot about the player. You know, I know of other instances where quarterbacks where the, the players wouldn't come to the workout to help the quarterback. Wow. You know, that tells you a lot about who that player is. When you see guys that want to do it, that will do anything for the player. You know, I thought it was really good that the, the like you could see in that same locker room that I talked about with with Urban Meyer. You could see how the players really liked Trevor Lawrence in that locker room, how they gave him the game ball. I mean, they gave him the game ball. They didn't give it to the coach. They gave it to him. Yeah. It tells you a lot. Yeah. But is there ever a story that has nothing to do with football that either helped get a guy drafted or not? Oh, I think there's always football. I mean, you can't put two different uniforms on. I think that when you know a kid, when he has really good intentions and he's doing the things that, you know, like I've always said this to players, every time I've called a player, it's just coming back from a workout. whether I call them at two in the morning, whether I call them at two in the afternoon, how you doing? I'll just come back for workout. Of course you are. You know, we're just coming back for workout, but I think how they behave around people they don't know is a true indication. Mm. And I think that that's really how we have to evaluate character. Like when I first got started in the national football league, you would go to LSU and you would ask the coaches and they would tell you honestly about all the players. You can't do that today. Yep. There's the HIPAA laws, all the things that affect it. So what you really have to do is you have to go on the campus and you have to talk to people that interact with those players. And within a day or so, you'll find out. Do you think overall the culture in the NFL, the, uh, the changes, they're good or bad overall? Do you like them? I think we've lost culture in the NFL because we have the owners really don't want it as much as you think they would. They like to subcontract the game out, head coach, offense coordinator, defense coordinator, and it keeps them involved in the team. You know, I think it's interesting how they've made all their money in other businesses with building cultures that when they come in the NFL as a toy, they don't want to build a great culture. They don't know what it takes to build a great culture. And I think that that's one of the biggest issues. I think when you get an owner who understands culture and allows you to build it, you will be one of the, as Bill Walsh said to me many years ago, we'll be one of the eight. Do you have a team that 
is a good example of that, of who's not bought in on culture? Uh, I, I think, you know, I think Jacksonville wants to. I'm not yeah. sure they understand how to do it. You know, I, I think that's really been a problem for them. I think the Giants right now don't understand the first thing about culture. The Giants are back to the ages of, you know, uh, of being of the time back in the 70s before they hired Ray Perkins, before they hired George Young. They were a disaster. It's called the, the shirt sleeve phenomenon. It's, it happens in, in third generations of family businesses. <laughs> so it does. It, it, it's a, it, you can read about it online. So what happens is, is because you're in the third generation, you have so many people in the company that are family members. They've only learned how to do it one way through the family. And so you're basically stuck in time. And because of that, you can't really build a good culture. The Giants are the perfect example of that. They keep changing coaches. They want to fire the GM. They haven't won in five years. There's a re- that's an institutional problem, not a, not a personnel problem. Yeah. How do you feel hearing that, Giannis? It's, uh, it's tough. I'm a Giants fan, just to let you know. And uh, you're absolutely right. It's very, it's tough to watch. It's real. I think it's the curse of firing Tom Coughlin. I don't think there was any reason to do that. Well, I, I, I think to me, when, I, when Al Davis used to come in my office, when I worked in, in Oakland, I had a sign that hung above the desk to try to subliminally get him into this. And it said, if you don't like change, you're going to like irrelevance even less. Ooh. We had a hard time changing at the Raiders. We had a hard time changing. It's by Eric Shaninsky of the United States Army. And I think the Giants, that sign permeates throughout their building. You know, Coughlin leaving and it had really no impact on where they were going. John Mara, the run, the team who runs the team, the president of the team, is stuck in, in a certain period of time. He's in shirt, shirt, shirt sleeves. And it, it becomes very hard to run the business that way. From all the great players you've spent time around too, and, and what pops out to me is Tom Brady, but maybe your answer is different. Who has impressed you the most with attention to detail, with full commitment? Oh, you know, it's, that's easy. I mean, Brady is remarkable. Yeah. Brady is is for the longevity. I mean, I just was the other day watching him against Philadelphia on Thursday. Here he is 44 years old. I mean, and I, I literally sent him a text saying, I've never seen you move laterally better. Literally, I've never seen him move laterally as well as he's moving right now at 44. And, you know, and it's, to me, it was remarkable. Like he can't move that well. And yet he is. So his commitment to his craft is beyond remarkable. I mean, Ronnie Lott to me, was one of my all-time favorite players because he was just all about the team and his toughness. He wouldn't let anybody get in the way of winning. Mm -hmm. And his toughness felt through the team. Those are hard guys to find. Now, what did you think of Giselle and Tom Brady's tweets this weekend? Did you see that? I did not see that. I didn't understand what that was all about. I kind of was too busy paying attention to the games. Yeah. I didn't get <laughs> well, see, that's why we have me and Giannis. We'll follow all the petty stuff. So, basically, <laughs> Giselle, Tom said, uh, I miss the fall. Like, I miss fall weather. And Giselle said, time for a trade, question mark. And people freaked oh, out. I got it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, that's the one thing. When you're not in the East Coast, you do miss fall yep. weather. You miss that time. <laughs> I know I do. Yeah, that you know that's it seems like it's part of the game now. The antics. What do you think? Uh, we talked extensively about it for a couple of episodes because it's Olivia's favorite, one of her favorite topics, and it's become mine. What do you think about what's going on with the Chiefs and uh, their culture? And is that culture being compromised a little bit by family members? <laughs> well, I think you know I think there's a lot of things going on. The dynamic in that. I, I don't think you can underscore 
the the Brett Reed situation. Yes. I think that's got to take a toll on any any father, any father. Yes. You know, and and that's not to say that Andy's not paying attention to his craft because Andy's I think is a great coach, and I think Andy's proven that. But I do think there is a sense of you know we got these great players and they're going to turn it on. I, I think when you break them down, and I've said this numerous times, Tyree Kill is one of the best players in the league. And Tyree Kill is the best receiver in the league. There's nobody better than Tyree Kill. He changes the game and he changes the Chiefs offense because what he allows them to do is he allows them to hit a home run at any place on the field. And he's fast, he's explosive, and he's hard to tackle. And the perfect example was yesterday. You know, it's 13 to 10 at the half. And he's not really playing in the first half. In the second half, when he came back out there, the game took, they scored 21 points. So, and until they get their defense fixed you, you're, and they stop turning the ball over, right now, if we were to go to the playoffs today, they wouldn't be in it. Right. 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 Do you feel like the Reed family situation, and I live here in Kansas City and I'm a Chiefs fan, and it, you know, has, it's upset the whole city. That story was horrible. Do you feel like that affected them in the Super Bowl last year? I think it had to. Yeah. As a father of two boys, I mean, I'm a grandfather of four little boys. I mean, it, it would affect me tremendously, uh, you know, and, and I don't know how how you can focus and concentrate with all that looming. I think it's hard. I just think it's natural. It's easy to say, well, put it, you know, but how do you ever sleep at night knowing right. that, that your son could be, that, that this tragic, this poor young girl, this the, his son, I mean, you feel so badly for everybody involved. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, I hate to turn from such a sad topic to a fun topic, yeah. but we do have no a little game it. we'd like to play with you, Michael. If you're up for it, this will be a lot of fun. You know, in the NFL, coaches are used to having the last word. Well, today yeah. we're going to let you have the last word. So Giannis oh, and I are going to give you a sentence and you'll complete it. How does that sound? That sounds good to me. Okay. See if I have any writer skills. Let's see. <laughs> <laughs> okay. If you could change one play, one play in NFL history, it would be... The tuck. Okay. Wow. The tuck. Yeah. The year of Fordham education right there. My son went to Fordham. I mean, if they called that as it was a fumble on the field, which we all thought, as the great Mike Holmgren says, if 20 guys in a bar think it's a fumble, then it's probably a fumble, <laughs> you know? So yeah, the tuck. And, and you know, we, I'm not saying we would have beaten Pittsburgh in the championship game. I'm not saying that at all. I'm saying we should have gone to the Pittsburgh. That's a good answer. All right. I was hoping you didn't say the David Tyree catch. I will, yeah, I mean, that's just, the, you know, <laughs> I'm not a bit, I'm not anti Giants. I'm just trying to explain to people what the, the reality of the Giants are. No, I, you know, it's nobody can argue with you right now. They don't have any evidence. You have all the evidence. Yeah, they, 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 they trust me on Twitter, they can argue with you. They, they, <laughs> yeah. They're geniuses with an eraser on. Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Next up, the nastiest thing you've ever seen in an NFL locker room was when. I think when Ronnie Lott had his finger cut off. Ooh. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I thought that was nasty. I mean, it wasn't done in the locker room, but just the fact when he came back in and showed everybody, that was nasty. Oof. Yeah, Oof. literally. Yeah, hard to beat. Yeah. Okay, finish the sentence. I'm not related to Vince Lombardi, but if I could be related to anybody around the NFL, it would be... <laughs> oh, wow. If I could be related to anybody around the NFL... Mm, that's a great question. I would like to be the Mara family. I would. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I would. Uh, 
I, I would like to be related to. Well, this is this could go in so many different directions. I, I would like to be related to the Hallis family. Mm, yeah. To be able to study the history of the game, and my next book is about the Hall of Fame. Oh wow! And about George Hallis, and about you know how Paul Brown changed the game. Paul Brown really is a fascinating. He's the Bill Gates of the NFL coaching circle because he developed the operating system that they all use and operate with. And George Hallis, through Sid Luckman and through the presence of Clark Shaughnessy, allowed the passing game to really blossom into the NFL that we know it. So I think the Hallis family like could be related to them. Is is George Hallis Greek? Do you know? Because it sounds Greek. I don't know, Giannis, but I mean, I'm sure we can make him Greek. I mean, yeah. anybody with any, you know, with an S on their last name, we can make him Greek. I'm sure he likes a little, you know, I'm sure he likes a little feta cheese on his salad all the time. You know? That's what Greeks do. We see an S on the end of the name, we claim them, especially if they're successful. We do the same thing with Italians. We Italians, we will we'll claim anybody, you know? <laughs> all right. How about this one? The most important player to their team in the NFL right now is? Justin Tucker. Mm. The guy's the best player at his position. Mm. He's automatic three points. And when you're in a game like they were this week, it didn't matter. But most playoff games, those three matter. And if you're John Harbaugh and you go for it on fourth and two, when you know you're going to make three automatically, it's a hard thing to give up. That's a great answer. Okay. Okay. The New York fans that deserve to be more disappointed (laughs) are... We know the answer. I think it's clearly the Giants yeah. because they've won. They've won before. They've experienced it. They've been to the mountain. You know, my line about Jet fans is, is the old D. Martin line. D. Martin used to say, I feel sorry for people who don't drink because when they get up in the morning, that's the best they're going to feel all day. <laughs> yeah. So my, my line about Jet fans are simply this. When they wake up on Sunday morning, that's the best they're going to feel all day. You know, And so... I mean, look, the Jets are a team that really doesn't understand culture. They really are. I mean, Woody Johnson has never really understood it. He, he sees it as a corporation without culture. Hire a GM, hire a coach. And then if they don't work, we'll just do it again. That's good. All right. Next season, the quarterback of the Pittsburgh Steelers will be. Oh, great, great question. Uh, you know, I think it'll be Sam Howe from North Carolina. Oh. How about that? I think they'll have to draft one. I don't think it's going to be Mason Rudolph, mm-hmm. you know, and I don't think there'll be a quarterback in free agency. Tom Brady smells like <laughs> success. Uh, protein powder. Protein powder. Pro- yeah, protein powder because he's always drinking healthy shakes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't think just like that too much. So I probably. <laughs> I was going to say he smells like money. <laughs> Next season, Urban Meyer will be. Uh, I think Urban will probably be working at his bar all year round. I think he'll have a lot of time to handle it. I think he'll greet everybody that comes into that the Urban's place in Columbus. Oh I just don't gosh. see it as a good marriage. I don't see it as a good marriage. Wow. Oh, oh yeah, I don't either. I think his game is much more suited to college. Okay, last and final question, and this is the money question. On February thirteenth in Los Angeles. The Super Bowl will be between blank and blank. Oh, gosh. You know, there's five really teams in the NFC that are so good, you know, and you can go in so many. But I'm going to stick with Green Bay for the moment because I think Aaron will play at a high level. And then in the AFC, I'll go Buffalo here. Yeah. You know, I think Buffalo's playing. We'll see them tonight against Tennessee, but I'll go Green Bay, Buffalo. But, you know, I I think... 
I think that the AFC doesn't have as many strong teams as the NFC. Arizona has been remarkable as being undefeated. The Rams are staying healthy, which is critical. And the Bucks are still a really good team. And then, of course, the Cowboys have been really impressive. All right. Well, I'm sticking with the Giants, I believe. <laughs> I believe they can turn this around, Giannis. I really do. I think they can. I think they were just toying with people. You know, they're luring you into thinking that they're not good. That's why they wanted you to get beat by the Rams. It's got a little bit of uh, Major League Baseball, that you know that that movie how uh, we did it. You know, lure them in, then we're going to take them by storm. That's exactly. You heard it here first. The Giants <laughs> the Super Bowl in 2056. Oh, yeah. gosh. He just doesn't want to be wrong. Well, thanks so much for joining us, Michael. You can follow Michael Lombardi on Twitter at M Lombardi NFL and hear him on the GM Shuffle podcast. Michael, that was a lot of fun. Thanks for your insight. Thank you, Olivia. Thank you, Giannis. Appreciate it. So much fun. Time to get to this weekend's action. Let's bring in BetMGM betting expert, Peter Andrew. with Michael Lombardi. And now let's get to this week and weekend of action in sports. We bring in BetMGM betting expert, Peter Andrew. Peter, thanks for joining us again. I'll never get sick of you calling me an expert, yeah. even though I had a horrendous sports betting uh, weekend and you know why. <laughs> yeah, expert might be generous, but everyone needs a title. <laughs> yeah, I appreciate it. Thank you guys. Well, NBA started this week. It's so good to see that back on our TV screens and a great game to start off the Nets at Bucks. The Nets are expected to win it all this year, plus 240 for tournament winner. The Bucks obviously won last year. They're still a top five favorite to win it this year at plus 900. Let's go through some of the futures in the NBA, Peter. What do you like for tournament winner? Yeah, so title, I, I, it's kind of the same as last year. I don't love the Nets because there's just so many different circumstances of things that are happening. Yeah. But, you know, we touched on the Kyrie stuff. I think you have some pretty susceptible to injury players like KD. So I'm staying away from the Nets for now. I really do like the Bucs. Uh, I like them to take the East plus 425. I think you have defending champions. You're, you're giving them quite a bit of juice there. I think you take it and, and you probably see them towards the end of the season in that one, two or three spot and definitely vying for the title. Okay, I like it. Wow, you're really downplaying the Nets. I thought maybe they would come back strong this year. Everybody healthy. They had a year to kind of gel. Maybe uh, Harden and Durant get that OKC chemistry going again. Yeah, I I think they do. But you're missing a big piece in Kyrie. So a big reason why they are that good and why they were that good last year is what Kyrie brings. At any given game, he obviously can put up 40 points, but he can distribute the ball. He can play a bit of defense. I think. Sometimes we discount that just a little bit. Having to move James Harden to the one, I think, is uh, it potentially raises some red flags. You take a little bit of shooting away. When you have Kyrie and, and James Harden in the one and two, you obviously have a 40-plus percent three-point team. Switching things up a little bit can mess things up. So, uh, yeah, it's not that I'm against the Nets. I just think they have a lot of open you know, open question marks. But Bucks just they're a complete team, and we saw what Giannis can do after a lot of people were just they didn't give them, I think, the uh, what they deserved, which was they are a legitimate title contender. And will they repeat? Maybe not, but I think they'll be right there at the end. 
when you said I, I, we've seen what Giannis can do. I thought you were talking, you know, when I, I always think it's me for a second. And then I remember there is actually a much more talented Giannis in the world. So if I perked up for a second, I apologize. We can't see it because you're sitting down, but I think you are 6'10". So <laughs> I, I'm not 6'10", but I am spectacular. I mean, I'm a spectacular co-host of the great OHD. So I don't have any championships, but you know what? I'll take it. I'll take what my genes have offered me and fate has brought me to this podcast with OHD. So guess what? That's a championship in my book. You know, I'm not seeing any odds for best podcast host right here for MVP, but I am seeing a Luka Doncic leads the pack for regular season MVP at plus 400. Nikola Jokic won it last year. He's plus 1600, still in there. Actually, pretty good value, too. What do you like there? Or do you go with Antetokounmpo? Love Luka, but I'm going Steph. I think talk about a team that has been in a, a tough situation the last couple of years. Injuries, losing Duran a couple of years ago. Steph has had to clean things up a bit. Mm-hmm. Getting Clay Thompson back to what I think will be 100% this year will really help them. I think you see the Warriors of, you know, three, four, five years ago come back. And, and I think they end up being a top tier team. I like them out of the West too, for what it's worth. I think you have, you know, a crowded West with obviously the Lakers with Westbrook. You have Clippers still there. You have Suns. We've talked about a couple of these teams, but I really like Steph to just have a, an overperforming year. So you're saying Golden State is back? Golden State is back, asterisk, if Clay Thompson. <laughs> I was about to say, you're making some sweeping, bold predictions, and I like it. So are you, Giannis. You've, you've said like 30 NFL teams are winning it all. That's the name of my game. Okay. I go big, go harder, go home. Can't lose a future bet if you just bet every team, right? Yeah. I, absolutely. That's my style. Okay, quickly, Peter, who's your favorite for defensive player of the year and rookie of the year? Do you have a rookie? Yeah, rookie Jalen Suggs, a yeah. little buyer, Gonzaga, love him. I think uh, he slipped a little bit in the draft, plus 750. I think that's really good odds. Mm-hmm. Kate Cunningham, obviously an incredible player, but I think uh, Jalen Hugg's a little over, a little overshadowed by him. I, I like him a lot. And Stifle Tower, Rudy Gobert, uh, I know he's the favorite twin defensive player of the year, but he's so damn good. Plus 350, I think it's a good pick there and, and good value considering he's the favorite. I've got to make a poll now for Scotty Barnes, Raptor, plus 1100 for Rookie of the Year. I'm a big fan of his. He is about the nicest young man I've ever met. And he is a young man. These kids are like 20 now. <laughs> and it's just funny now watching my old ass husband play with them. But I, uh, I like Scotty Barnes for Rookie of the Year, too. So he's in the running. He's in the top five there. The Wiley vet now. Yeah, I blinked and they they grow up. These NBA players, I tell you, they grow up on you. Let's look at NFL games for this weekend. Last week, we split our three game series. I took the Rams. He took the Ravens. We both took the Packers. So this week, Peter, walk us through the three games you have selected at random. And let's see how we fare. Punishment picks. At random. Uh, by the way, a terrible week for the sports book again. <laughs> Uh, our customers are pretty happy with a lot of money. I think nine of 11 favorites won last week. So Man. I don't know which way you go. Do you fade that or you, do you follow it for a third week straight? But first game, I think this was surprising to, uh, to lots of people. Raiders minus three at home versus the Eagles. So uh, a field goal game. What do you guys like there? Oh, man. Um, I like too much drama, too much drama going on in Vegas right now. I'm going with the Eagles. I'm going with the Eagles on this. Um, I'm going with the dog. Let's go Philadelphia. I mean, why not? Hoagie time. 
I'm also going to go with the Eagles. I feel like there's a, a lot of drama with Las Vegas as well. And I like stability. I'm going with Philly. Love it. Next one, I think two pretty surprising teams. One we just alluded to. So Bengals plus six and a half against the Ravens. So Ravens almost a, a touchdown favorite at home. What do you guys like there? I am definitely going. I'm sticking with my man. I'm sticking with uh I'm sticking with Baltimore. You know, we're gonna be going there. I will be performing there on November 4th. So get your tickets, Timonium, Maryland. Nice plug. Um, I'm, yeah, nice plug right there. I snuck it in. Um, I'm going with the Ravens big on this one. Yeah, me too. Ravens, six and a half. I like that. I think they win by at least a touchdown. Bengals are horrible. Ravens all the way. Like it. Uh-oh. We may have to go by points because we're agreeing. <laughs> Last one, near and dear to my heart. Oof. My uh, my beloved 49ers at home, Sunday night football, a three and a half point favorites against the Colts. Colts look great last week, but they were playing the Texans. Niners off the bye. I'm going to go first on this one just so we don't agree. I'm, I'm taking the Niners. I like them at home. I, I'm going to throw you a bone there, Pete. Now, Giannis, you can agree with me if you want. We're just going to have to get creative then next week. You know what? I was going to take the Colts anyway. I was going to take the Colts anyway. Okay. So let's go with the Colts on this one, and let's see if it is the tiebreaker that I'm hoping it will be. Midwest do love Giannis, so that makes sense. They do. <laughs> they do. Okay, I love it. Hey, Pete, I know also this week there's a good promotion with BetMGM. What can our listeners look for? Yeah, absolutely. So. We actually have two. So new customers, if you're brand new to BetMGM, all you need to do, bet $10 on any NBA game. So that's any game throughout the course of the week. If anybody hits a three, I think someone will hit a three, win $200 in free bets. So I think a literally a can't miss opportunity for new customers. That's too good to be true. That's crazy. You think so, but I don't know if there's ever been a day where no one's hit a three in a game. So I like their chances. Yeah. For existing customers. So if you've been part of BetMGM family for a while, our NBA one game, one game parlay is live this week. Bet $10 on any NBA one game parlay. Get $30 completely free and free bets. So as soon as you place that bet, $30 in your account, put it on anything you want. Another can't miss opportunity for starter NBA. Boy, that's good. Ooh. That's a really good promotion. Both of those. Thanks so much, Peter. And remember, if none of those hit, if you have a really bad weekend in sports betting, submit your bad beat of the week on Twitter to at BetMGM. And if it's that bad then we're going to read it on the show and you can win a hundred bucks. That's a little promotion we got running every week. Okay. It's time for our outro. And since Giannis and I split last week's punishment picks, then we also split who writes the outro. So I guess I'm up. I'm noticing here in our show sheet that Giannis has already written in my outro. So again, seeing this for the first time, and these are not my words, but I'll say it. Here we go. Thank you for listening. As you know, I'm a resident of Kansas City, but one thing you didn't know is I totes adorbs Jackson Mahomes, the younger and more talented Mahomes brother. I'm not into him like in a Bay way, but more in like a BB way. His TikToks are to die for. He is so fire and lit. I'd love to pick his brain about the achievement of being sponsored by an energy drink to lip sync for seconds and his writing process for his TikTok dances. They are so litty. Jackson, please follow me. Please, pretty please. You are the king of Kansas City. You bring honor wow. and class to our city. 
Anyways, dead ass. Follow back at Giannis Pappas on the gram. I hope one day I can hit the woo like you to the latest spy a track in more than appropriate locations to talk. <laughs> You're the most spy at picking spots. Help me, Jackson. I got major boomer energy. Oh, you love that kid. I didn't know, Olivia. You're such a fan. You knew. <laughs> you do. I mean, you're a, you're a 40 year old woman in a 28 year old body. You're such a boomer, girl. God, I've never hoped something goes viral more than that. <laughs> that was so fire. That was so yeah. lit. Okay. Oh, God. All right. This is my outro written by the esteemed OHD. I want all of you to know that I'll be hosting a yard sale in my hoity-toity suburban neighborhood selling all of my Giants and Knicks memorabilia because I need some cash, guys, to buy my new team's gear. Packers and Raptors, baby! Let's go, Sammy! Basically, a big Harlan Decker montage. As a grown man, I can't wait to wear the name of another grown man on my back. Say it with me. Decker, Decker, Decker. Who needs New York sports? In fact, who needs New York? That city stinks. Thanks for listening. Peace and love, friends. Eh? This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.